Allah, indeed Allah, وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ and His angels, يُصَلُّونَ They send blessings, they confer blessings, عَلَى النَّبِيِّ upon the Prophet ﷺ. So, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا All you who have believed, صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ You must also send salah on him, send blessings on him. On who? On the Prophet ﷺ. وَسَلِّمُوا And send salam. How? Taslima, Complete salam. وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us over here about the high rank, the high station that He has granted to His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That Allah Himself sends salat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah's angels also send salat upon Him. Allah sends salat upon him. We learned the meaning of salat earlier. هُوَ الَّذِي يُصَلِّي عَلَيْكُمْ He is the one who sends salat upon you. Allah sending salat upon someone means Allah praising that servant. Allah mentioning that servant. Where? By himself and also amongst the angels. The مَلَأُ الْأَعْلَى So Allah praises his messenger where? Before the angels. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ was indeed the best servant, the most noble servant, the most obedient servant, the one who worshipped and obeyed Allah with excellence, with ihsan, with beauty, the one who truly surrendered to Allah. So, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, what should you do? You should also send salat upon the Prophet ﷺ and send salam upon him. Why? Because he was the best leader, the best example, the one who taught you in the best ways, the one who suffered for you in order to bring the truth to you. Allah sent salat upon him because the Prophet ﷺ was the most obedient servant. He carried out his responsibilities, whatever Allah ordered him to do, in the best way. You should send salat upon him because as a leader, Muhammad ﷺ was an excellent leader. As a teacher, he was an excellent teacher. As someone who cared for you, he cared for you in the most excellent way. So you repay, you give something back for His ihsan upon you. How? That you also praise Him. You ask Allah to send His blessings upon Him. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wasallimu taslima. You do it too, O believers. So that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam is praised. Where? Amongst those who are high in the heavens, in the skies, and also amongst those who are here on the earth. He is praised up above in the heavens and also in the earth. مِنْ أَهْلِ alamin. So that He is praised among the people of alamin, the people of the worlds, all the worlds. Al-Ulawi was-Sufli. Ulawi meaning the higher one in the skies and also Sufli, the lower one meaning in the earth. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam definitely is deserving of that. He is truly deserving of that. Because you see, 
as a human being, he had two main roles to perform. One, as a servant to Allah. And secondly, as a messenger sent to people. And both of these roles, he performed in the most excellent way, in the most dutiful way. When it came to worshipping Allah, he worshipped with excellence. When it came to conveying the message of Allah, he conveyed with excellence. He received with excellence also. And what he suffered in order to deliver the message to us, that was also amazing. You know, when we study Ulum al-Qur'an, the sciences of the Qur'an, one chapter, one of the many chapters is about how the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ. This is something that is studied. How it was revealed to him. And we see a number of ahadith that tell us about how the Prophet ﷺ received revelation. That how the process of receiving revelation was also something painful and heavy upon the Prophet ﷺ. Because Jibreel, when he would bring the wahi to him, Either Jibreel would remain in his original form, alright? Or he would come in a human form. When he would come in a human form, and he would come and recite to the Prophet ﷺ, convey it to him, this was the easiest for Rasulullah ﷺ. But when Jibreel would come in his original form, then what would happen? This was something that was heavy upon the Prophet ﷺ. So heavy, that like Aisha anha said, in the winter, when the incident of ifk happened, when the slander was raised against Aisha radiallahu anha, and she was in the house of her parents, and the Prophet ﷺ came to visit her, and he spoke to her, and the wahi came to him at that time, Aisha radiallahu anha said, it was a cold day. But still, the Prophet ﷺ was sweating. He was sweating. The pressure was so intense. Zayd radiallahu anhu, he said that at one occasion, the knee of the Prophet ﷺ was on the lap of Zayd radiallahu anhu. And it was as if his leg would break. He said that I felt as though I would never be able to walk again. If that is how the leg of Zayd radiallahu anhu felt, what do you think about the body of Rasulullah ﷺ? If he would be sitting on a camel and the wahi came at that time, the camel out of the pressure, what would happen? It would bend its neck completely down. Bend its neck down. One of the Sahabiyat, she said that once she was walking while the Prophet ﷺ was riding a camel, alright, and she said that it sounded as if the front legs of the camel would snap. The front legs of the camel would literally snap. So just receiving wahi, and the Prophet ﷺ received wahi for how many years? How many years? Tell me. 23 years. So, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ At least do this much. You can't pay him back for the favors that he did to you. You really cannot. At least do this much that you send salat and salam upon him. Because you must show gratitude to the Messenger ﷺ for his favors. And how can you show that? By asking Allah to bless him. By asking Allah to honor him even more, to grant him even more reward. Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. You see, Surah Al-Ahzab, right? Just the beginning of the surah tells us how difficult all of these commands were 
for the Prophet ﷺ. Because he was told, fear Allah, do not obey these enemies, right? And later on, you were hiding in yourself what Allah was going to disclose. وَتَخْشَ النَّاسُ وَاللَّهُ أَحَقُّ أَنْ He was genuinely afraid. He was afraid. He was frightened. And this is something that's normal. It happens to human beings. But could he avoid it? No, he couldn't. Aisha radiallahu anha said that if the Prophet ﷺ was to hide anything from the Qur'an, he would have hidden the ayah of Surah Al-Ahzab. You feared people and Allah is more deserving that you fear Him. The fact that He recited even that ayah before people, He conveyed even that, what does it show? He didn't hide anything. He didn't keep anything with Himself. Whatever Allah ordered Him to convey, He conveyed. And this is something that even affected His honor in the worldly sense. Right? Because... Look at all the noise that was created at his time when the Prophet ﷺ married a fifth wife. And then the noise is there till today. The false accusations, the lies are there till today. You know, many of us, we will go and you know help out somewhere. We will serve somewhere. We will volunteer somewhere. As long as it doesn't hurt us. Isn't it? And I'm not talking about physical hurt. I'm talking about emotional hurt. I'm talking about our reputation, our honor. The moment our honor, our reputation gets attacked, we take a step back, we resign. We say, "Uh uh-uh, I I can't continue with this anymore. And you have the right to do that. Alright? But when it comes to the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't have that option. He even put his honor on the line in order to convey what Allah ordered him to convey. So, O believers, send salat upon him. He was truly the best leader, the best teacher, the one who hid nothing from you, the one who wanted the best for you. He even sacrificed his honor in order to convey the message to you. And of course, Allah raised him in his honor. How? That over here we see, all the believers are told, send salat upon him. Allah send salat upon him. The angels send salat upon him. So all believers, you also do that. You also do that. So that in every level, in every sama and the ard, the Prophet ﷺ's name is being praised. Because this is what he is worthy of. Because his sacrifices in the way of Allah were indeed very great. And this teaches us a very beautiful lesson. That when you do something in the way of Allah, When you sacrifice anything in the way of Allah, Allah will definitely give you more than what you gave. مَن تَوَابَعَ لِلَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ The one who lowers himself, humbles himself for the sake of Allah, Allah will definitely exalt him. Allah will raise his rank. This is true. We see this in the example of Rasulullah wasallam. You see in the adhan, what is mentioned? أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ Rasulullah. And the adhan is being pronounced somewhere, you know, in the world all the time. Isn't it? Because constantly the earth is moving. It's rotating. And alhamdulillah, all over the world there are masajid. Right? And in the masajid, what is being pronounced? The adhan. Five times a day. So constantly upon the earth, the Prophet wasallam's name is being praised. And constantly in the skies, the Prophet ﷺ's name is being praised.
because he was indeed the best servant and he was indeed the best teacher, the best example. You know, there was a time in our history, Muslim history, where there was a group of people who said that Allah does not speak. Because if you say that He speaks, you're resembling Him with the creation. So Allah does not speak. Alright? This was an innovation. And this was something that extended to some people saying that the Qur'an is the creation of Allah. Alright? Because Allah does not speak. So the Qur'an is the creation of Allah, and therefore the Qur'an can be changed, it can be altered, parts of it can be left out, because it's a creation, it's imperfect. Alright? And what happened, this was turned into a political issue. That the Khalifa of the time, he started believing in these concepts, and he didn't just believe in them, he was imposing them upon the Muslims also. And so he instructed that all the big name scholars, they must say that the Qur'an is a creation. And if they don't say it, then they will be imprisoned and they will be tortured. So what happened? Many of the scholars, they said, you know what? It's about saving our lives. It's about saving our reputation. At a time of persecution, you can say a word of shirk in order to protect your life. Isn't it? You can say a word of kufr even to protect your life. So you know what? We can say a word of innovation just to save our honor and life. So majority of the scholars, they said, okay, fine, Qur'an is creation. You know, they gave up. But there were two scholars who said no. And who were these two scholars? Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal and Muhammad bin Nuh. These two scholars, they said, that you are allowed to say a word of kufr, shirk, whatever it is, in a situation where your life is in danger. This is not about your life. This is about Islam. And when it comes to Islam, we even put our honor on the line. We do that. Because this is what we see the Prophet ﷺ do. Allah selected his family, his honor, didn't he? In order to establish his laws. So this is part of the process. They're hurt in the way of Allah. This is a part of the process. So what happened Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal? He was persecuted, he was tortured, physically abused, jailed, what not he went through. But eventually what happened? He was steadfast. And because of this reason, you know, the scholars say that today majority of the Muslims believe that the Qur'an is the kalam of Allah, that our Lord speaks. And if it wasn't for Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal's sacrifice, in his steadfastness, today the bulk of the ummah would believe that Allah doesn't speak. Can you imagine what kind of a distorted concept we would have about Allah? What kind of belief we would have about Allah? So he put his reputation on the line, just like the Prophet ﷺ did. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching the believers that you must, you must praise and exalt the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Send salam upon him. Now one of the companions, Ka'ab bin Ujra, he said, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we know how to send salam upon you. How? Because in salah, in tashahud, what is it that we say? As-salamu alayka, ayyuhal nabiyyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So we know how to say salam. How do we send salat? How do we do that? So the Prophet ﷺ said, Say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama sallayta ala Ibrahim 
انك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد and there are different versions of this and they are authentic so if i read something that was slightly different from the version that you know inshallah it's fine so how is it that we send salat and salam upon him through these words that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught when we send salat upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam what do we mean by that allahumma salli ala muhammad oh allah send blessings upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam all right that oh allah praise him exalt him even more give him even more honor reward him even more send him even more blessings this is what we're saying what are the rewards the benefits of saying salat upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in a hadith we learn that he who sends salat on me 10 times then 10 blessings shall descend on him and 10 sins will be erased for him isn't that beautiful you know i never understood why there were so many benefits of sending salat and salam upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam until i studied the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when you learn about the sacrifices the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made in conveying the message of allah in receiving the quran and in delivering the quran then you cannot help but appreciate him and love him and when you love him you want to express that love you want to thank him for all that he did how to thank him can we go meet him can we talk to him can we see his picture no what is the way then allah has taught us and the thing is that when you love somebody you appreciate them you cannot help but thank them you cannot help but make dua for them so this is the dua that we make for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for every single ayah that he received and recited and passed on with so much difficulty despite all the opposition and this is why a person who doesn't have love for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam doesn't have appreciation for him really there's a problem with their faith then None of you can truly believe until the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is more beloved than who than himself his family his children his wealth everything all people we have to love him more than we love ourselves and nabiyyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim why because his sacrifices were great the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said he before whom i am mentioned and he does not send salat upon me then he has strayed from the path to paradise the person who hears the name of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and does not send salat upon him then that person has strayed from the path to paradise why why because he didn't do that why because he didn't feel love for him he didn't feel any gratitude for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam no appreciation for him and if he didn't feel that then is he on the way to paradise then is he really enjoying the quran does he really love allah because if you think about it the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a connection in a way a means for us in order to know our lord 
This is why Allah tells us that in kuntum tuhibun Allah fattabi'uni. If you love Allah, then follow who? Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Because you couldn't have known about Allah if it wasn't for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You couldn't have known the Quran if it wasn't for the sacrifices of this great man. We couldn't have. His ihsan on us is indeed very, very great. This is why the one who forgets to even show this little appreciation, that he doesn't even say, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then fannasiya, then khati'a bihi tariq al-jannah. In another hadith we learn, the stingy person is the one before whom I am mentioned, and he does not send salat upon me. Now remember that sending salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ in some cases is wajib, it's mandatory. Meaning if a person doesn't do it, then he is sinful. When is it wajib? When his name is mentioned. In some cases, it is mustahab, it's preferable, it's recommended. Like before making dua or after making dua. It's not wajib, it's recommended. Alright? And in some cases, it is makruh, it is disliked. Disliked, meaning for matters in which we have not been taught to, to do it. Like for example, at the time of slaughtering an animal. Alright? Because then it can lead to innovation. Likewise, some people do it each time they sneeze. So when they sneeze, they say, Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalam ala rasulillah. You know, this is something that could lead to an innovation. So it is disliked. Alright? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Jibreel came to me and gave me the good news that Allah says that whoever sends salat upon you, I will bestow my blessings upon him. Why? Sending salat on the Prophet ﷺ is what? Showing gratitude to him. And those who show gratitude, those who have love for him, then Allah also loves that servant. And when Allah loves that servant, then Allah will bestow his blessings upon him. And whoever sends salam upon you, I shall grant him safety. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said, that when Jibreel told me about this, I prostrated to Allah in gratitude. Abd. Abd. Truly the best servant. He prostrated to Allah in gratitude. In another hadith we learn, that there are angels that roam around the earth and convey the salams of my ummah to me. So this shows to us that salam is delivered to him. He doesn't hear it directly. It is conveyed to him. Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ Indeed those people who يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ They hurt Allah. They abuse Allah. يُؤْذُونَ From أَذَى They abuse Allah. It doesn't, meaning their actions, they hurt Allah, they annoy Allah. But remember, this does not mean that it causes any loss to Allah. Because even if the entire creation became the most disobedient, this wouldn't cause any loss to Allah. Their actions are wrong, these people. So those who abuse Allah, how? By committing that which Allah has clearly forbidden. By committing shirk. By denying the attributes of Allah. By attributing deficiencies and faults to Allah. In a hadith we learn that Allah says, the son of Adam tells a lie against me, though he has no right to do so. And he abuses me, though he has no right to do so. As for his telling a lie against me, it is that he claims that I cannot recreate him as I created him before. And as for his abusing me, it is his statement that I have a son, that I have a child, that Allah has a partner. No, glory be to Allah. Allah says that I am far from taking a wife or a son. 
So those who heard Allah, who say wrong statements about Allah, and this is unfortunately common within Muslims also. It's amazing how jokes about God are made. And they're passed around so casually. They're read and they're shared and reshared so easily. In the spirit of humor. This is not humor, making jokes about God. This is disrespectful. So, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ And they heard his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How? By denying him, by mocking him, disobeying him, opposing him, criticizing him, questioning you know, his actions or his decisions or his marriages or anything like that. يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Allah says, لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Then Allah has cursed them in this world and in the hereafter. وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا مُهِينًا And He has prepared for them a humiliating punishment. Because no matter how much a person tries to abuse and insult the Prophet ﷺ, they cannot really insult him. They cannot really bring him down. They cannot really hurt his honor and the status that Allah has given him. They can't do that. They can try. Just like the people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ tried, but it's not gonna let them go anywhere. It's not going to make them successful. Likewise, those who attribute false things to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who say wrong things about Allah, they're only harming themselves. They're not causing any loss to Allah. They're not causing any loss to the Messenger ﷺ. Ultimately, they're only destroying themselves. And there's something very normal. Okay? There's something very natural that when a person abuses someone, they're actually hurting who? Themselves. They're actually hurting themselves. You know, for example, a person goes and robs, right? They, they steal something. They get away with a lot of money. Maybe they hit somebody on the way and they broke their arm or something. And they get caught. And then they're in prison. They suffered, right? Wrong action is something that ultimately hurts who? The perpetrators. Not the victims. Because the victims sometimes never become victims. They never become victims. And even if they do become victims, even if they do suffer, ultimately, eventually what happens? They become the heroes. Isn't it? It's the victims who are glorified, who become the heroes. And it's the perpetrators who suffer humiliation and disgrace in this life and the next. Because Allah has cursed such people. And what does curse mean? That they are far removed from Allah's mercy. They deserve no respect even, no honor even. They're not even worth any attention from Allah. وَالْعِيَادُ بِاللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ And those people who يُؤْذُونَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Those who hurt the believing men وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ And the believing women. They hurt the believing men and the believing women. How? By word or deed. By their statements and their actions. Like for example, falsely accusing them of a sin, of a crime that they have not committed. Criticizing them for their iman. Making fun of them because of their obedience to Allah and His Messenger. They hurt the believers because see, like for example, as a Muslim woman, I'm sure you understand. If your hijab gets 
made fun of even by another Muslim. It hurts. No matter how strong you try to be, but it hurts. Doesn't it? It bothers you, annoys you, makes you angry sometimes, makes you cry sometimes. Doesn't it? So those who hurt the believing men and believing women, بِغَيْرِ without مَا that which اِكْتَسَبُوا They acquired, they earned. Meaning without a sin or a crime that the believers had committed. Meaning they're completely innocent. They haven't committed any crime because of which they are being treated this way. In other words, they don't deserve to be treated this way. بِغَيْرِ مَكْتَسَبُوا فَقَدْ Then in fact, احْتَمَلُوا They have carried. Who? Those who hurt the believing men and women. Such people have carried, احْتَمَلُوا بُهْتَانًا A slander, وَإِسْمَ mubina And a manifest sin. Meaning such people have taken upon themselves the sin of slander and the burden of sin. So the burden of sin, the sin of slander. And إِثْمَ mubina Clear evident sin, meaning there's no doubt about their sin. It's evidently a sin. Now, when we read this ayah, sometimes we think about, oh, you know, non-Muslims hurting the Muslims. But sometimes we need to think that, do I annoy and hurt a Muslim person? You know, when they haven't done anything wrong to me and I hurt them, I hurt their feelings? Maybe there are siblings, maybe cousins, maybe aunts, uncles, or nieces, nephews, maybe children, or parents, or whoever. Maybe grandparents. And we hurt them. We hurt their feelings. You know, respecting someone whose hair has become white in Islam, meaning who's reached old age while they were Muslim, respecting them is something that we have been taught to do. We must respect our elders. Why? Because their hair became white in Islam. What does it mean? That they were Muslim for so long. Wow! That's amazing. You know, for example, when you look at someone who's old, don't just look at that, oh, they're so old, and they're so dependent, and they're suffering so much, they're so sick. Think about the fact that for the past 80 years, this man has been praying salah. Wow! For the past 60 years, this lady has been doing dhikr of Allah every day. Wow! That's amazing. We should learn to appreciate people because of their iman. I'm not saying that they're perfect in every way. They have deficiencies just like we have. No human being is perfect. They may be annoying, but we do not have the right to hurt and abuse them for a wrong that they have not committed. If they're guilty for something, they have done something wrong, okay, that's understandable. But even that, we should not take matters in our own hand. But in the general sense, we must not hurt, especially people with iman. We must try to avoid this at every, at every cost. Because notice how this is mentioned over here. Those who hurt Allah, those who hurt the Prophet, those who hurt the believing men and the believing women. So it's as if the message is that those who hurt the believing men and women, in fact, who do they hurt? The Prophet ﷺ, because he's their leader. And those who hurt the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, who are they hurting? Who are they annoying? Allah. Because he is the messenger of who? Allah. 
you know, having a problem with somebody's hijab or somebody's salah, this is a problem with who? With their Islam. And Islam is whose religion? Allah's religion that He gave to who? To His Messenger ﷺ to convey. There's a hadith in which we learn. Actually, there's a narration, a suddi, or the mufassir, he narrated, this is a report which is mentioned in Tafsir ibn al-Jawzi, that this ayah was revealed concerning certain people who would walk around in the streets of Medina following women. Especially they would go around harassing who? Women. Especially in the night. Because women would go, because there were no washrooms inside the houses, right? So people would have to go far away in order to use the bathroom, in the fields or something. So women, they would go in groups in order to go to a field or something like that in order to use the bathroom. So when the women would go out at night, some men, they would follow them around and harass them, bother them. So this ayah was revealed. This ayah was revealed. You see, sexually harassing someone is also a sin. We think only zina is. Even sexual harassment is a sin. And this is something that does not befit a person who believes in Allah and His Messenger. This kind of behavior, this kind of etiquette does not befit a person who believes. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. Um, with regards to like the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala getting annoyed with this action that uh, people do, some people might look at the word annoyed or ada and say, oh, that's a form, like a sign of weakness. But in reality, it's a sign of like perfection because if somebody didn't get annoyed by things, they wouldn't care. Like it's, they would let things slide. They wouldn't care about things. So because people are getting uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is annoyed yeah. by this, it shows perfection. Exactly. This shows that any action like this is a sin because it annoys Allah. It annoys Allah. And if Allah gets angry at an action, then that means that that action is a sin. So harassing other people, harassing believers, women, and sometimes even men become the subject of such kind of harassment. Married men sometimes become the subject of such harassment. Then this is a problem. This is something that does not befit believing men and women. There is a hadith in Sahih At-Targhib Wa-Targhib in which we learn, you know, it's a detailed account of the punishment that some people will be given in the fire of hell. And the description continues that they will be asked, the person who will be punished, he will be asked that oh so and so, is this hurting you? Is this hurting you? And he will reply, yes. And he will be told, that this is because you used to hurt the believers. You are being punished with this punishment that is hurting you because you used to hurt the believers in the world, in your life. So this is something that we really need to think about. That my speech, my actions, my behavior, my going to somebody's house uninvited, my sitting in somebody's house beyond welcome, my, you know, interfering somebody's speech, interrupting their work, anything like that, harassing them physically or any such way, even on social media harassing somebody, trolling somebody and attacking their honor and reputation. These are all things that do not befit a believer and these are all things that are punishable. Actions that are considered sin by Allah the Exalted. 
It is as mentioned clearly over here, Ithman Mubina. Evident sin. There's no doubt about the sin. Everybody listen please. Jazakumullah khairan. Go ahead. Uh, in the verse that we just did, it shows how important the livelihood and the affairs and the matter of the believers are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like it's to the point that it is punishable to upset and to hurt and to annoy other believers. And he's given many commands that are required to, um, like for example, entering the house with permission or not staying too long. All of these commands pertain to making things easier and more comfortable for the believers. So all of this is incredibly important to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it shows how much he cares for us and how much, how important all of these matters are to him. Jazakallahu khairan. We listen to the recitation of these ayat. إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا مُهِينًا وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ بِغَيْرِ مَكْتَسَبُوا فَقَدْ احْتَمَلُوا بُهْتَانًا فَقَدْ احْتَمَلُوا بُهْتَانًا وَإِثْمًا مُبِينًا سبحانك الله وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته